made sense in my head. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's he going with this? You're listening to the Wannabe's Mobcast. Uh, cool. So we are here for, I have no idea what episode we're on. We're on episode six. Is this episode six? Yeah. We missed a month though, didn't we? Yeah, we got a couple. We've had back-to-backs. If you say like every six weeks, no, yeah, I don't know, whatever. No, we're trying to do one every month, but, you know, schedules. Like, yeah, These no, guys have fair. their busy seasons and, and, you know, we're working around talking to these people, but... So who do we have today, John? Today, we have Louise Forsley, who is... Let me read off her list of accomplishments here. It's freakishly long. It's impressive. She is an AMA Women's Extreme Champion, X Games Enduro X Silver Medalist, six times Women's Trials Champion, a stunt actor, and a member of the Screen Actors Guild. Are you impressed yet? If not, get out. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the podcast for you. (laughs) Louise, uh... Yes. If you follow her on Instagram, uh, you'll know she's a fantastic writer, and that's why we couldn't wait to get her on the podcast. She kills and, it. She yeah. kills it. Watching her Instagram enduro clips, I'm, I'm like, uh, you, you just—it's inspiring and a little—I um, don't know. It definitely makes me realize how far I have to, to go. In terms yeah, of there's a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. There's just something I think because she's gotten into this, like, you know, she does a little bit of the training and stuff like that, and I think that makes her riding sort of feel more accessible because she's willing to talk about like how you how you do these things and I think as a result I actually feel further from her skill level than I might from like I don't know Graham Jarvis is probably a terrible example but like some of the some of the other pros I think you feel like you know they're 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 a pro so like of course they're doing these things and she makes it feel accessible which almost makes the gap feel bigger I don't know I'm not making any sense but let, let's go talk to Louise yeah let's do that <laughs> I have no idea what you just said I, yeah whatever <laughs> shut up John Louise Forsley everybody <laughs> Well, I think we're ready. Yeah, let's uh, let's get started. Um, so thanks a ton for coming on. We immensely appreciate you taking the time. Um, we've been following you on Instagram, I don't know how long, but for a while now, and um, are always impressed with your riding, and it's it's inspirational to say the least. Um, we've been trying to get better on the riding side, and so just personally, you know, watching people who do better, that that's always a nice uh, sort of goal to set. So thank you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, go for it. Well, I, I was going to launch into it the same way we launch into every podcast pretty much and just kind of ask you know how you got started and, and just kind of give an intro in your own words um so i got my dad got me a dirt bike when i was eight or i was just turning eight and um i was just like really intrigued by bikes i would say um so i was really excited when i saw it and then i started riding it and i was just like attached to it so i kind of just played around on um on, it was like a PW80, um, and then I got an XR100. So I just like rode in um, my parents, they had like 18 acres of land. So there was wood, like a wooded area and trails and stuff and fields. So I could just like rip around for hours. And it was like a fun outlet, I would say, because you know, when you're a kid, you, you're kind of just stuck and you're like waiting for your parents to take you places or, you know, so you just find different ways to get around whether it's bicycles and luckily the dirt bike was another form for me so are you, um, you getting jealous listening to this i know I. <laughs> 18 acres <Yeah>. xr <laughs> yeah it was awesome i actually got to like ride to my neighbor's house um that was he was probably like a mile down the road and i would just take trails over to his house and then he had a dirt bike too so then we would just go rip around and back go back and forth and it was like it 
brought me a lot of freedom. So I really like that. So what am I doing wrong? So my, my daughter is now 12, but I started her riding when she was eight. And she came to me, I don't know, a year ago. And she's like, Dad, I have to talk to you. I'm like, all right, let's talk. What's up? And she's like, I really don't want a dirt bike anymore. Like, it's your thing, not my thing. I'm like, oh, you're breaking my heart, child. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not for everyone. I would say I'm a pretty uh, unique person. I've always been a little weird, I guess. And um, part of it is just being obsessed with bikes. And, you know, I can't explain it. I think I was just... No, I, born that way. <laughs> I totally get you. I'm the same way. I think both of us are. That's why we do what we do. And um, yeah, I, I just, my kids didn't pick up on it apparently. So there's still time, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, I hope so. I mean, I think if I ever have kids, I would hope that they would have an interest in bikes, but I would totally be fine if they don't. And they want to do something easy and, you know, maybe a little less risk involved. Something not crazy. Way less money. Right. <laughs> so. I don't know if there is a way less money with kids, but, yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, that's, that's the saying, yeah. right? It's, uh, teach your kids the love for motorcycles and they'll never have uh, money for drugs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's definitely worth the money right there. Yeah. <laughs> So that sounds like an excellent start, to be honest. I, I am really jealous. Um, my dad was like, why would you want to ride around? Those things are dusty and noisy, and he was having none of that. So I was an adult before I got into it, so <laughs> very envious. Oh, really? Okay. That's <laughs> yeah. way – I feel like that's a little bit harder to get into bikes, at, you know, like when you get older. But um, I'm – it's always interesting when people do. <laughs> I like that. I think, you know, enduro is like an older person sport in some ways just because, like, who else wants sure. to go out there and work that hard, right? Like, people want to go ride the track or something that's, like, fun and fast, right? <laughs> that's true, yes. But, yeah, make it make it a, a workout, and uh, I don't know, we're crazy. <laughs> oh, man, it's a great workout, and, yeah, and it's fun at the same time, too. Right, who wants to go to the gym, right? <laughs> oh, man, I mean, I don't mind going to the gym, but I'd probably rather ride. Yeah, I mean, we got it whole bunch of questions around that because I think you're probably one of the first people that we've really talked to who's uh, like we kicked off the podcast with Graham Jarvis and you know I actually read his book going into it and it's like he just rode all the time and that was like his conditioning and his fitness and there's a little bit of running but you know yeah. you're actually one of the first people who's like riding. training uh, doing physical training for developing in the sport which is which is interesting to see so I wanted to yeah really ask a lot of questions about that but I, I kind of wanted to we didn't let her finish her background though when you made the transition like when did you start thinking you could take it professional and and when did you get that interest right so um so when i was 13 my dad bought a trials bike for himself um and he was kind of just riding around that uh, riding around for fun and he's always been a motorcycle enthusiast but anyways um i got to try one of his trials bikes at like a local fun event and I kind of just really enjoyed myself and um, I took to it pretty quickly and it kind of went from like, I wasn't doing a whole lot. I wasn't really into, I mean, I hated school. Um, I wasn't into school sports and I was, you know, probably seventh or eighth grade at this time. And as a middle schooler, like it's just a tricky time and you know, we're all just pissed off or kind of yep. confused with everything. Right there with you and on hating school. Had, uh, yeah. yeah. I um, I had a lot of energy too. Um, so, anyways, getting into trials kind of all of a sudden like settled me down a little bit, and um, I was able to kind of like just use that as an outlet to get away from you know school and stuff, just life in general. And I ended up putting a lot of energy into it. And at the same time, my dad noticed that I had um, like a natural talent for it. So I think like kind of together we just kept um 
deciding that we were going to go to competitions and go train different places on the weekends. Um, and yeah, it was kind of just, I set goals for myself and he was definitely like happy with the goals that I was setting and he kind of just helped me along the way. Um, and so that just like, I started riding trials full time through all through high school. Um, and then probably until I was, um, 20 and then, that's when I got a little burnt out from trials. And then around age 22, I got a dirt bike. Um, and then that started my, I guess, enduro, enduro cross, now hard enduro career. Um, that's the beginning of it, at least. <laughs> no, that, that's really <laughs> <There's> cool. <more. laughs> so I, I'm really curious. Um, we had listened to a little bit of another podcast you did where you talked quite a bit about your, your sort of experience um, learning and training and trials. and, and through all that, I was, you know, asking myself, like, how, as a kid that age, how did you find the, um, I don't know, the motivation to chase, like, a serious goal and, and not, you know, I, like, I think myself and my kids, and a lot of kids, you see, like, they, they pick something, they do it for six months and, you know, blow it off and move on, right? Yeah, that's a great question because I, I do think about that um, often and and I think it's really just part of my personality. I think that I hyper focus on things when I really like something and I just kind of like get obsessed with it. Um, I also think during that time I was maybe like searching for approval too. I think it kind of, um, I started to like, like my identity relied on it a little bit too, because it was just something that I always did and I wanted to do. And I was like praised for doing it too. Um, and like getting better and accomplishing the goals that I wanted to accomplish and just, I basically wanted to become like the best trials rider in the world. Like I wanted to compete with the guys. I wanted to be at the top. Um, And so I think that kind of just kept me pushing and driven. And like, I think that's honestly why I got as good as I did get when I was younger, because there weren't other women riders really um, that I was training with. I was just trying to follow the boys and just, um, get to the a pro level class which i mean f- like i never did because the between the, like the female and the male it's like but the level is just different which is okay but i got pretty high like i got to the expert class and um i mean it really made me a good trials rider so i think all of that that combination um that's that's what kept me going. Yeah, I, I like that. So you like to you like to win and you like to be recognized, which I totally respect. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of addicting getting getting better at something, though, isn't it? Like I hundred percent hear you. Like I don't compete, but we definitely practice quite a bit. And um, yeah, it's it's just watching yourself progress is is like such a, a high, you know. Progression is very fun. Um, and I think when I was younger, it was. Um, yeah, I kind of like just focus on that. And it, yeah, I don't want to say it became an addiction, but I think I just got used to doing that all the time. That makes yeah. sense. How was it like trying to balance like school? And I, I know you were trying to escape school, so you probably didn't care, but like, somebody must have been making you. I don't think you, there like... was any balance there. <laughs> I actually dropped out of school, out of nice. high school for like eight months and then realized with you know my parents realizing that maybe that wasn't the greatest choice because of like in the long run I think we all knew that yeah it just probably wasn't gonna work out so anyways I went back to school they were like um I just barely snuck by graduating with my the same class that I started with um yeah definitely no balance it's mostly just nice. bikes in my life <laughs> I can live with that <laughs> 
I'm wondering if there was like a point where like was it like a, a hard changeover from trials to enduro or are you still competing in trials today or was it just you kind of lost interest in trials because I know most of the stuff you post about today is mostly enduro based and seems like trials kind of a, on the side but you've also gone to win you know multiple trials championships as well so right so there definitely was a, a quick change no not that quick I basically um, kind of got burnt out on trials when I was about uh, I think I was 20 and I, I just like come across a few like bad experiences with it within trainers and people and I kind of it kind of like I was just defeated for a little while and I completely lost like all the joy in it like I really didn't have fun riding mm. at it to during a certain period so I kind of realized that I just needed a break from it and I needed to do something different but um so kind of during that time I was like um I don't know trying to work at different companies like UPS and landscaping companies and just do like the normal thing that's <laughs> and, no fun <laughs> you know, for, yeah exactly for riders that really only last for so long yeah. um so I think like I was missing riding and um a lot Around that same time, I um, saw Endurocross on X Games. I think this was in like 2011. And I was like sitting on my couch watching this and just being blown away because I knew I should have been there. Um, like, I can so, do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. this is Trials on a Dirt Bike. Yeah. What the heck? I should be there. <laughs> so that really sparked a lot of motivation. Um, actually, before that, I had gotten a dirt bike through. Um, a friend in town who was a KTM rep, he just happened to live in the same small town in Bernardston, uh, Massachusetts that I did. So he gave me like a demo dirt bike for a while and I got to ride that. Um, and I kind of got hooked on that. And then when I saw um, Enduro Cross and X Games, I basically made a plan, like literally the next day, I made a plan of how I was going to go to the rest of the Enduro Cross series so that I could go um get to x games the following year so i basically like loaded up my van told my dad what my plan was and then headed out west because that's where the enduro cross series was going to be and um i uh, started training at some different tracks and hanging out with like the enduro cross crowd and so that i think i was like 22 when that happened and then um i did get to go to x games and uh, race that and then i um, was also racing the Enduro Cross series. So, so I, I, yeah, that was the transition. All right. I love it. Um, it sounds like you were able to pick up the Enduro Cross skill set pretty quickly. And I, I've always been kind of curious, um, like, what the, the, I don't know to call it like the transition, I guess, between trials and like other kinds of riding. Like some people have told us that, um, you know, riding trials is an excellent way to learn how to do enduro better on the big bike. And other people that we know are like, nah, yeah, I didn't learn that much. Just do it on the big bike directly. Right. And so it sounds like you transitioned pretty quickly. So maybe that was really helpful for you. I don't know. Yeah, I think just the technical skills that you get from trials, it really just teaches you a lot about clutch control and how to like do proper like lifting your front wheel before you go over anything or just the feeling yeah. of getting over obstacles. Um, the thing that I definitely struggled with was um, all of a sudden going fast on an enduro bike right. and also jumping because that's something that you really don't do on trials bikes. Um, Unless you so, want to crush it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that... Um, I think that trials was a really good background, but I also had a lot to work on at that point too. Um, but 
I think just back then, endurocross was so hard that it was kind of like you just needed to get through the obstacles to do well. Um, and now it's tamed down a bit. So you really have to be fast and you have to be good at jumping stuff as well. That's really interesting. Which, Sorry, keep going. I need yeah. to cut you off. I, just had, I have a question about that progression, but keep going. Oh, okay. Um, I think I was just going to say, oh, so from back then, if that was 2012, um, you know, I've had multiple years to get comfortable um, going faster and riding motocross also. Okay, so that just raises another question and we're gonna ask him about motocross in a minute. But um, so we've talked to, so like when we talked to Graham Jarvis, for example, he his perspective on hard enduro is that it's like gotten progressively crazier over the last few years to the point where it's like pretty intense these days compared to what it was like a decade ago. You're saying that enduro cross specifically is maybe tamed out a little bit. I'm super interested in, in that perspective, like what, what that looks like. Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, the only reason why I say that is because, um, when I was racing, I raced in 2000, the end of 11, 2012 and 13. Um, and then I was out of the sport for, uh, six years, I think. And then when I came back, uh, the tracks just seemed way more mellow, um, like much easier. Some people say that it's the same, but we've just gotten better. I was just going to say, maybe you just got so good. (laughs) Humble brag. I don't know. I really don't remember. I remember like the rock sections being just huge and having holes everywhere. Now you can kind of just keep motoring through. I would like to think that maybe I've just gotten better, but. um, I don't know. I have a log in my backyard. We have like a little tiny practice track and uh, that log's getting smaller every day. So I don't know. There you go. Maybe maybe that is. Yeah. That's awesome. And then um, you, you mentioned motocross. I want to chase up on that. Um, for the speed aspect of what you do, is that something that you practice, um, like specifically on the motocross track? Yeah, definitely. Just because it, it really does get you used to um, at least like trying to be aggressive and go fast. Um, because, yeah, I guess the slower stuff that you ride, you just like, it's like you don't really like hone in on those skills of aggression and, um, constantly like pinning it in between all of the obstacles or the jumps um and also yeah it gets it gets you more comfortable with jumping like air awareness i guess and how the bike is going to react um and also i kind of just started riding motocross too because i had friends that were doing it and i knew it was like a very weak weak uh link for me so i kind of just wanted to work at it and i also wanted to like have fun with my friends and try to ride like them instead of being like oh i you know i can't ride motocross because i'm not good at <laughs> <I> ride trials <laughs> yeah exactly i don't want to be the trials right. girl that just sticks to trials was i was not about that cody webb i think said that trials is like golf or something like <laughs> yeah <laughs> That yeah. was funny, but no, I, I think that's cool. Like I, I love the concept of cross training. I mean, um, you know, I, I try to mountain bike a little bit to work on my lines and things like that. So I, I like that idea. Um, I'm doing all the talking, John. <laughs> I got to yeah, I don't want to cut you off. Um, I, I have one more question about trials because like most of our followers are all um, enduro people, and I, I'm sure they have some trials cross training in there. But uh, you know, do want to talk more about enduro, but. I was thinking about it when you were talking about kind of growing up in, in trials, how you um, you grew up on the East Coast, right? Is that? Yes. Okay. So when I think of the East Coast, I'm thinking like, you know, it's a lot of private property. There's not like, like on the West City Coast, blocks, we have like right? a ton of public <laughs> land and stuff like that. Like I'm wondering what the, the trial scene or like even the moto scene in general is like on the East Coast and like where are there places to ride? Are there big clubs? It's like, I guess I just never even really thought about it having lived my entire life in California and 
you know, you have um, hundreds of miles of desert to go around. Yeah, like, like there's an infinite amount yeah, of terrain right. out here, and 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 I'm just kind of wondering how you know, other than the the kind of 18 acres, like yeah, I, I can imagine somebody who's going to go ride on the pro level. You probably went and rode with a bunch of like other professional riders, you know, riding with people who are better than you to just kind of level up like that. And uh, yeah, I'm just kind of that aspect of it. Yeah, I think there are. It's a lot of private property. Um, uh, there are some like parks that we would have events at, um, and then I would also kind of travel. Oh, so I, I was in Massachusetts, so it's pretty snowy and cold in the winter time. So I was limited on on riding. So I would travel down south, like to Tennessee. There's Trials Training Center there. Hmm. Um, I spent a lot of time there um, as a teenager. Um, and even if I just like went uh, like south a little bit just to get out of the, the cold, that was pretty helpful. But yeah, it's mostly, God, I guess I would say it's just like mostly private property or farmers that have a lot of land and um, are fine with us building trails on it. There's um, like snowmobile trails also that you can kind of ride. Well, more like dirt bikes, but with trials, you don't need a whole lot of uh a whole lot of room which is really nice too but there really is like where i grew up i kind of grew up out in like um the country so there's like everybody has woods in their backyard yeah that makes sense do you still do any trials competitions or or is that really yes. behind you or no i do and i'm kind of like trying to stay in there with it but um it's been tricky juggling both and i kind of just prefer to um focus on enduro um hard enduro an enduro cross because that's what I kind of just like feel very motivated by um and it takes like less thinking but I am still trying to hang in there with the the trials the competitive women's trials pro class um and I'm kind of doing that just I guess just to still be part of it um a lot of my friends I have a lot of good friends in the trials community um and I would be able to go to the the trials donations um and, and that's like in september so um and then also so gas gas does the california trials invitational and that's like really well um, um previewed showed i guess um so that's like good exposure i guess yeah. so if i'm just still trying to hang in there but i'm not doing like the full series or um I'm not doing like too much. I'm probably doing like a quarter bit of the trial stuff. Is that like enough to maintain skill or is that, do you feel like that's something? <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like recently every time, um, last year I really didn't ride much trials because the, uh, hard enduro series was so long and I was traveling so much for it. Um, sure. so I kind of feel like rusty every time I get back on the trials bike and that's been pretty frustrating, but, um, just trying to be patient and still like find, you know, the fun in it. Um, so yeah, it's pretty hard going back and forth between the trials bike and the enduro bike, just because the, they're just like such different motorcycles and, you know, uh, is that, sorry, yeah. real quick, John, uh, is that the, is that back and forth? Is that the, because of that aggression piece that you talked about? Like when you're doing, um, like enduro cross, like you said, you have to kind of go faster and, and, um, trials, I guess is more thoughtful. Um, is that it, or is it the bike itself? That's hard to transition back and forth on. Um, I would say both totally because mm. like yeah all of a sudden like you're either going fast and you got to keep going right. and uh you know have force through things where like trials then you get on the trials bike and it's light and it's quick moving and you have to balance it and 
you have to kind of plan exactly what you're going to do. So it's like pretty mentally um, taxing too. So it with hard enduro, it's just like, okay, you got to keep going the whole entire time. Just go hit Figure stuff. Out, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Pick a line and just make sure you get through it. It's right. a little more physically demanding yes. where trials is like, all right, got to get ready for like, I don't know, an 18 rounds hole of golf. Or <laughs> I've never played golf, but it is so either. like that. I haven't either, but it just feels like a golf type sport. There's something about it. Like obviously lots of skill involved, but just, I don't know, the pacing maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder yeah. If, uh, and yeah, go ahead. Um, well, it's just, you know, it, it seems like there's always, you, know, you look at trials, right? There's an obvious benefit to riding enduro and, and having come from that background. But I was just thinking about it. We were saying that and wondering if there's like, if you've noticed any benefits to having come uh, done enduro riding now and if you see those benefits in your trials riding like that kind of benefit kind of paying back the other direction yeah so the biggest one is that i just feel so much stronger on the trials bike now because mm. it really is like 100 pounds less than the dirt bike so i feel like i can just move it around easier manhandle it and kind of just feel stronger on it overall um, I would say that is the biggest advantage. Also, you kind of get used to like um, jumps and maybe splatter. Some of the techniques just start to look a little less big because um, with some of the hard enduro stuff and um, motocross, like, it, you know, you, you are actually jumping some distance where right. trials is like, eh, just get your rear tire, you know, six feet on top of the rock or something. <laughs> we talk about our... Not uh... like... No, Jump the 20 foot double. I hear you. Um, we, we talk about having like dirt bike eyes. And so sometimes like you get in the truck or something and you're like looking at something with your, with your dirt bike eyes on. Right. <laughs> so I yes, can see you totally. like, uh, yeah, that, that same thing applying, uh, <laughs> uh to, to round out your background just a little bit. Um, it, it also sounds like you do some stunt acting, which is totally awesome. Tell us about that. That's very cool. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got, I, um, so I'll kind of tell you how like I transitioned into that. Um, it was 2013 and I was racing enduro cross trying to go, that was the same year that they had X games global. Um, so I really wanted to go to all of those rounds and, um, the payout was really good. So I had like, um, I really like was excited about that year with sponsors. Um, but I ended up breaking my ankle or my leg, mm. like at the beginning of the series and then missed a bunch of the X games, um, global rounds. And then, went back to um x games that was in la in august it was like my first race back and i crashed and i broke my collarbone oh, after no. yeah during then so um i was kind of back in the same situation like not really um making any money because i wasn't racing um and i kind of had like high hopes for that year and at this time i think it was 25. so i was like you know getting older where i needed to be providing for don't call 25 and, old please <laughs> well, okay no you're right it's not old but it's definitely time to like start doing some that's fair things. yeah that's fair so um at the end of that season i was like man that that year was a bust i'm kind of running out of money um i don't really know what i should be doing should i still be trying to race i think i was just, like a little defeated um um again with this pattern that I might have and uh, so I heard about this Feld Entertainment was looking for motorcycle female motorcycle riders that had te technical background skills 
Um, so a uh, few people had t- told me about it, so it seemed pretty promising. Um, so I ended up um, going to an audition for it and did really well in the writing audition. Um, terrible at the rest of the audition, <laughs> which was like fighting, um, uh, acting, like. We want you to be a real actor, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a few other things. Um, but anyways, I ended up getting that job and it was, it was pretty cool because I, I looked at the contract and like the weekly pay was really good. And I also got health insurance too. So, and it was a cool job. I like, I'd still gotten it from having motorcycle skills, which that was like kind of always, always my, um, goal, I guess, is to be able to make a living from, from riding motorcycles. Um, so I took that job and it was a full-time traveling, um, tour. So we traveled all over the U S and all over actually the world and, um, worked Thursday through Sunday and then traveled Monday and then had uh, a few, a couple days off and then went right back to doing shows again. So, um, I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but this was for um, Marvel Universe Live. That was the name of the That's awesome. the show. So my wife is a huge, huge, huge Marvel fan. Like we see all the movies, she's got all the characters. Like watches all the cartoons. It's a big thing. So that's awesome. Oh, she would <laughs> love to see that show then. Yeah, 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 for sure. Cool. I'm sure she's very familiar. I'm, I'm less, but um, so what kind of? Um, I mean, what's what's involved with being like a stunt actor? Like, what does that really look like? What do you do? Um. Well. Let's see what does that look like for the show <laughs> for the show we all had um tracks that we needed to do and we were in costume so um you basically needed to learn exactly what what you needed to do whether it was like um fighting riding um taking falls but then you like my character was the black widow so i had to awesome. i had to be taught how to like walk around like the black widow and yeah. and like um that sounds like a you whole just thing. act like her i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's a whole thing i don't know <laughs> so but, but you actually i mean you you actually got to ride like like a motorcycle for for some of these scenes like do i don't know tricks on that like what <laughs> any examples <laughs> so there was um the first couple of years we were on electric bikes um, for it. And then they changed the show. They like rebuilt it and they put the black widow character on a trials bike. So that got way more fun. So then at that point I was able to do um, like wheelies and nose wheelies. And there was a splatter that I had to do or a jump. Um, it was like a 18 foot jump into like this little, um, I guess it's like, the stage and it's like there's a little window in the stage that i would jump up into that's so cool um (laughs) yeah it was it was really fun it was really fun um and that's when i got pretty good at doing um well i just we spent a lot of time doing wheelies and nose wheelies back then so um and anytime we had to like practice we would just play on that but um that's awesome i actually learned like a lot of other stunt stuff so i can kind of like hold my own with with maybe other stunt people i don't okay. know <laughs> that's cool though I, I i freaking love that like transitioning motorcycles into something else was, like... was the acting <laughs> job a break from riding and then you went back into riding or so you weren't doing both at the same time correct i just went straight into the tour um and it i honestly was okay with that like i kind of needed just i was really happy with getting like having a job and getting paid, um, having consistency. 
um, it was a little tough just completely like stopping all riding and, and um, having like my own schedule of being a, an athlete. Uh, it was more of like, okay, now you're part of this group um, and you do everything with the group. And it's kind of like being back in high school almost mm. or college, I guess, because um, there's uh, 50 performers and then 50 crew members. And so we traveled together, we worked together, we trained together, everything. Um, and it's just not like the normal type of training i guess that we would all that i would do as a rider but um i that's where i started crossfit and i actually learned a ton about fitness and um lifting and stretching and mobility like i did that for five years and i learned so much more about my body and i think that's i i would definitely say over those five years that's kind of when like I did become much stronger and um, t like just kind of like took my training to a different level. It sounds productive. Yeah, I, I love it. I just want to ask him. I, I, at one point in my life, I was like huge into fitness and like lifting. I did a lot of powerlifting and I tore a bunch of muscles. So I kind of got out of it and got more into dirt bikes and, and that just kind of took over my life from there. But like, um, you know, from a professional athlete's like, I, I was kind of assuming that you did CrossFit, but I'm wondering like more of the you know, the training style, if there's anything particular that you do to lift to get stronger for the dirt bikes in, in particular. Like what are you doing? Or is your training just kind of all based around becoming a better rider? And, and, and how does that work? Um, so I'm sure there are like riding specific programs, um, but I just kind of stick to CrossFit because you can get you know heavy lifting in and cardio in within a small window of time hmm. um i also just really like crossfit gyms and i like the atmosphere of it um and i kind of like just going to a class and being told exactly what to do because i could work with probably moto trainers but um there i think like there would have to be more um like schedule and routine to getting myself to the gym um where crossfit i could just go you know they have so many different classes during the day i could get kind of just squeeze it in whenever i have the time um i can also do like i know enough about those workouts that i can do them on my own at home so that's kind of that just why sense. i lean towards crossfit um I think like in the future, I would like to try more um, exercises that would like maybe help with balance or quickness mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. being like on unstable ground or something. But I just, for right now, I just really try to squeeze in as much as possible and CrossFit is the easiest for me to, to do. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, yeah. right? Like it's like, uh, I remember watching, you know, Rich Froning back when he was, um, you know, kind of the, the king of CrossFit and winning all the X games or the, the CrossFit games and everything. And like, you know, his whole point about CrossFit was like, it's just good fitness for life and everything that you do. It's well-rounded fitness. And of course, if you get into it, then people will debate with you about whether CrossFit's the best or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, that makes sense, right? Like it's good all-around fitness. And you look at Enduro, it's like you got on a good ride. It works every part of your body. Like there's nothing that gets left out. And yes, I think that's probably absolutely. the... Go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say, like, yeah, you're constantly hitting, like, all muscles. And you're also, like, the, the workouts change so much. And it kind of would force me to do, 
you know, it forces me to do the assault bike or the, or go for a run or do pull-ups. Like mm. it's so easy to not do the things that you're not good at and the yeah. stuff that you don't want to do <laughs> yeah. like overhead stuff for me or handstand walks or like, so I, and I also kind of like the variety too. I, um, that makes sense. I like to change it up. I wouldn't want to do the same thing all the time. I think there's a, there's like a, trap a little bit of like if all you do is dirt biking i think you can you can build those muscles and then like it's too hard to like hike up the hill mm. if you got to pick your bike up or something like that like general fitness yes but like yeah there's definitely i don't know if it's muscle memory no it's so true like because yeah. you know the other kind of passion hobby that i have is playing ice hockey i play in a beer league and you know it's like but if i don't play hockey for like three weeks and i'm riding a lot in that time i'll go and play hockey and my you know there will be a specific set of muscles that i just you know, it's, <laughs> you use those muscles and, and you don't use them for anything else, even though you're like kind of generally in shape, like you have to yeah. continuously do the thing in order to stay in shape for it. I'm always surprised totally. that like you, you know, ride like crazy, right? And it's like a great workout and you're, you know, it's exhausting and you get better and better at it fitness wise. And then you get off the bike and try to like hike up a hill to get like a camera shot or something. You're like, I, I, I can't walk. <laughs> what is yeah, happening? Like, oh, I, can't, I don't know how to move my body anymore. Yeah. I can only ride a bike. Yeah. I, I will yeah. say um, CrossFit also forces you to be uh, like pretty mobile and flexible. And yeah. as growing up as a rider and not stretching enough, I like could barely, I mean, I still struggle like on my squats and stuff That's because so my ankles just aren't flexible mm -hmm. and my hips are tight because I'm constantly squeezing the bike and yep. like my overhead mobility is forward because I'm always in this position. So yep. I do yep. really appreciate CrossFit for that too. I've learned a ton about um, stretching and mobility and um, strengthening like these, these muscles that are usually never touched because yeah. the riding muscles are just always there. Now, I, th I think like being flexible is going to help you avoid injury too when you go down. Like being able to you know to fall yeah. and not rip something apart. Yeah, super. No, that happened oh, yeah, to me. Totally. I'm, I know I'm not flexible. And there was this one time we were riding you know the mountains around here and it was icy. The bike slid out from underneath me and it took one foot in front of me. The bike slid out from underneath me and I did the splits long ways, and I tore you know my hamstring and you know like from it turned black from like the bottom of my butt cheek to the top of my knee. And it was just the whole thing was black for probably three months or something like that. And it was just oh, like, that's I'm so sure gnarly. if I stretched every once in a while, that might not have been so bad. <laughs> it would have been better, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that, that sounds painful. So how do you work in, like, I mean, I imagine you have to ride consistently several days of the week in order to stay, stay up on that. And then yeah. you're training in the gym. Like, are you, how do you, balance that and like i mean it seems like at some point you you've only got so many calories to burn right yeah actually um these <laughs> yeah trying to balance it is probably the toughest part and like maybe one of my bigger stressors of of my lifestyle because it's easy to think um oh, I'm not doing this enough or I'm not doing that enough. Um, I haven't been on my trials bike in like two months because I've been training for a hard enduro race or um, I haven't been to the gym because I don't want to be sore for the races coming up. So it, it really is hard to balance it. And I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. And I would say sometimes there just isn't balance. I just do a week to week program for myself. That's kind of another reason why I don't really um, like train with anybody because um 
I kind of just need to make my own schedule as I know what is coming up. Um, so like the last couple months, I've just been training for hard enduro. I've been mountain biking a lot to try to get my stamina up for hard enduro. I've also been able to make it to the gym because of that reason. Like I didn't have any races. Um, so I was able to kind of um, lift heavier and be okay with being a little bit more sore. But like once the races come around, I don't really want to do that. So I'll probably just stick to more riding or more mountain biking. Um, and so now I have, I've committed to doing um, the California trials invitational. So now I'm trying to ride trials at least like two times a week. But I also have a hard enduro a couple of weekends before that. And I am just like really trying to stress my body in the hard enduro situation. Um, because I know I could get through the trials event, but hard enduro, if I'm not like physically ready and my heart rate hasn't been in those like high zones or my body hasn't been pushing for five hours, um, then that's gonna that's gonna affect me more than than like oh I didn't balance enough on my trials bike so um, makes so trying to figure out how to do it yeah I kind of just go week by week plan what I have going on um, a plan who is riding I I do like to ride with people if there's you know like a trials group I'll try to go with them or if there's hard enduro I'll go with them or if I, or if my friends are gonna ride moto I'll do that. Um, and then on the days that I have kind of by myself, I'll just either mountain bike because that's my favorite form of exercise right now. And it's like pretty like therapeutic and I don't have to worry about too much. Right. And, um, it's like the easiest thing that I could do. Um, and then yeah, I'll sneak in gym sessions. Like today, uh, I had a bunch of other stuff going on. So I only had like an hour window to, to work out. So I figured I'd do that, but tomorrow I'll go probably ride hard enduro in the morning and then um, my roommate is riding trials in the evening so i'll probably do that after so uh, which doubles <laughs> <laughs> sounds worse than having a job right? yeah <laughs> this is an intense i'm schedule. exhausted just listening to you <laughs> what what uh, uh so many I, questions I, I was, oh yeah <laughs> no go for it but i will say i do go through you know like um high strain weeks and then i'll have like a rough week where my body does not feel ready for anything and um and I will like struggle to to even get in, you know, a workout or a mountain bike ride or whatever. So it is kind of like a hard balance while trying to listen to my body at the same time and not push it too much. Sure. Um, I also love mountain biking for like the cardio. I'm curious. So are you like out hill climbing? I'm assuming like downhill is not enough of a workout to get your heart rate up for what you're talking about. But um, maybe well, I'm not doing it right. <laughs> no. No, I, I like both. Like on Saturday, we just did like a 10 mile climb that was like the elevation was super high. And then, you know, that, that took such a while. So that was good strain, you know, for heart rate. Um, but a lot of the time I will just go to, um, I don't know if, do you guys know what Greer is? Don't know. No. It's, it's in, uh, Menifee or Mar Marietta. I'm not the mountain bike guy. Yeah, so no. I okay. I just like freestyle it. I don't like, hit, usually hit like the, the trail okay. system. So, yeah. yeah, it's just like a bunch of trails that are pretty good climbs okay. and then really fun downs. And so I can nice. spend like probably two hours there just like climbing, going down, yeah, climbing, going down. Like, it gets my heart rate up. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Um, I found that with mountain biking, you can like, because it's kind of um, a repeatable, I don't know if that's the right word, but you can get like a consistently high heart rate where I think like when we go like enduro riding, you're like hitting these peaks, right? Where you like hit an obstacle or a hill climb or whatever and you spike and then you have some time in between. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can like really be uncomfortable and suffer on a mountain bike, which yeah. is good. Yeah, for, like for a while, right? Yeah, yeah extended suffering is yeah. the goal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, uh, um, did you? So, you ride trials, you ride enduro, you ride motocross, you ride a mountain bike, Anything you train CrossFit. You on a quad? Um, is there any kind of other cross training that you do to like? build a skill in some other area or is is that kind of you're not satisfied john (laughs) no there's got to be something else in there i'm just there's got to be a little bit more (laughs) oh good question um and i'm trying to think about if there's anything else that i do um i have a trials bicycle i rode that a lot while i was on tour because there's nothing else to do and i could travel the bicycle and that's pretty good that helps um um like it just helps trial skills overall um what else? I should probably do more yoga. I haven't done any of that recently. <laughs> uh, I, I do my own <laughs> stretching routine, but yeah. Um, and then um, I like to swim just for fun. But um, you know, I guess that's kind of it. Well, I mean, I try to like exercise my brain too, and just meditate um, and like get myself to slow down a little bit. I guess. I always figured dirt biking was the therapy, but no, I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I think not if it's competitive, I guess, right? Like, yeah, exactly. For you know, just like going out on weekends and having fun, because you know, that's your time away from your job. But when I get to a race, it's like this is my job, and so I need to like the stress of that. I need to know how to control that. That makes sense. Do you ever get tired of it? I mean, like, do you just need a break? You know, go on vacation, not think about dirt bikes or anything on two wheels for a while? Yeah. So last year. it was probably around August. We had just finished, finally finished the hard enduro series, um, which was like, man, it seemed like 10 races and just pretty heavy on traveling. And, and we were going into the enduro cross season. And I remember going into the enduro cross season being like, okay, I'm excited for something different, but I'm really excited for when the, the season is over and I can get back to um, biking and working out and just like doing more of what I want to do. Um, and I did like take some time to visit friends and went home for Christmas and yeah, I, I totally look look forward to downtime. But I also try not to um like if I am going through a period where I'm just not motivated to ride, I try to like work on my um on my brain because I when I ride the best and when I train the best is when I am like motivated and very happy to be doing exactly what I wanna be doing. Right. When you make it fun, so. right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I keep it fun. Like that is, I, yeah, that's my number one thing. Yeah. If you turn it into work, it's kind of, kind of kills the fun. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Burn out fast that way. Um, I want to change gears just a little bit and, um, being sensitive to the fact that we're a couple of dudes asking this question, but like, what, what is it like being a woman in this sport and, and whatever you feel comfortable, you know, sort of talking about there, I, you know, I, I mentioned my daughter earlier and I'd love for her to, you know, have, have somebody in this sport to look up to. But I also think that like, obviously tends to be a fairly male dominated sport and we're curious what that looks like from from your side that's a great question and i actually saw it on the um on the paper yesterday and i was like hmm this is interesting maybe i'll give some insight some real insight on this please Um, do please do it's um so basically just like physically it is all like you have to be strong to, you know, ride dirt bikes. Um, so that's kind of frustrating. Like it's not frustrating, but it's would it, yeah, I can look at guys sometimes and be like, well, yeah, of course you got up that you're like <laughs> six feet tall and right. you 
way, you know, you have a bunch of bustle or whatever. Carry the so bike up. Nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I definitely like, I realized that I need to just constantly try to get stronger and then also use my skills to get better. Um, but anyways, so back to what it's like to, yeah, compete against them and be around guys all the time um, in an atmosphere where like the majority, I would say if I ride with like local riders, I'm, I'm probably going to be better than them just because of where my level is at. Yep. And guys who are like maybe a B or A class rider, I think have a hard time with that. So then, you know, like kind of see that it gets competitive in like an unfortunate way sometimes. Right. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, we we see that even, even between guys, right? Like it sometimes, you know, can get just a little, I don't know, unfriendly, I guess. (laughs) Depends who you ride with, but yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like all of a sudden it's like a pissing contest and, (laughs) (laughs) and it's kind of like, so a year ago I was riding with a, um, a local guy and he, I like did something better than him and got through it so much cleaner and quicker and easier. And he was just like, said to me like, Oh, I can't believe this is happening. Like you're the inferior. I'm the superior. I like, I was like, Oh, that's not. And he kind of said it like in a, uh, like a joking way, but uh, like, you know, it was also said. And I was like, wait, like, do you know how many years I've been doing this and how much hours like I've put on this bike and, how long I've done it it's like of course I'm gonna get up this better than you like this is part of my job like this is why I you know um this is the position that I'm in so uh so it's kind of like things like that but anyways I just like kind of brushed it off and you can I just like take it in um and uh deal with it because not all guys are like that you know some guys some guys are super supportive and, and easy to ride with uh, there's another time I was riding a trials event. This happened uh, probably like a year ago too. And I always like compete with the guys in the expert class. And one guy actually uh, quite like came up to me and asked me if I had cheated because he, I got a lower score than he did. And I was like, that time kind of pissed me off because yeah. I was just riding really well. And he just thought that like, uh, I must have cheated it, to, be? to beat him. <laughs> So when I kind of hear things like that, it's just like, oh man. It, but also I kind of like, you know, I've always dealt with that. So it's just part of it. And sometimes it's a, uh, it's great motivation to be better. Like when, when they that. say yeah. that to me, I'm just like, okay, now, now I'm, now really I'm going to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can appreciate that. I think, um, I mean, for our part, like anytime we get to ride with somebody who's better, that's an awesome opportunity. I, I had a boss once a long time ago who he was a runner and he said, if you don't run with people who are faster than you, you're never going to get faster. So, but yeah, I think, I think the opportunity, like, I love it when somebody's better than me. And, but on the flip side of that, like we definitely ride with some people who, who would struggle to keep up. And, and I sometimes feel a little bit guilty hitting an obstacle and cleaning it. And then looking back and other people are like falling all over it. So I, I could see how that, you know, when, when you're a woman doing that, that's, there's, I don't know, I guess I can try, I'm trying to imagine what that, what that would feel like, you know, trying to sympathize or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I'm just, I'm so used to being in that environment and being around it. And like, I, I always want to ride with guys because they are like, you know, better than not always better, but they're just easy or 
what am I trying to say? There's there's, there's more guys in it, so there's probably yeah, a, a, like a higher exactly. chance or whatever that that's that you're gonna find somebody who's a good writer amongst them. Yeah, maybe. Yes, exactly. So we have like, there's a lot of women getting into motorcycling right, right. now, um, but yeah. they're just like you know it's at a different level right now for all these teams. Yeah. Not everyone. I love seeing them get in too. And we've got, I don't know, the percentage has dropped off as we've gotten a little bigger on Instagram, but it's, it's like 10 to 15% of our, of our subscriber base is women. And I, I think it's awesome. You know, so. Cool. Yeah, it was funny. Um, my day job completely unrelated to motorcycles. My boss lives in Canada and she was saying, you know, during the pandemic, you know, like, how do you know you're a, a woman living in this specific town? It had something to do with buying motorcycles, but basically the gist was like every woman in that town during the pandemic getting into it just got a motorcycle and started riding and i was like wow that's like the coolest thing like is, i mean because yeah. what else are you gonna do you're just gonna go hit the trails and you know get outside and you know it was like the only thing to do i mean i know during that time it was all there was for me to do <laughs> like it was yeah. great yeah. um but i just i wonder why you know like why is that like why has it been such an appealing sport for for men and and like i mean Obviously, there's a lot of women that ride, but not nearly as many. I'm just kind of wondering from your perspective why maybe it's not as appealing of a sport or hasn't been up to this point. So kind of what I noticed since I've since I was away from the sport for those uh, like five or six years that I was on that stunt show, that there really weren't that many women in riding. And then when I came back to it, all of a sudden I noticed that like there's these big groups of um, like female riders like Dirtastic and. Uh, there's man there's there's just lots of them right now um and i noticed that like a lot of their stories is like oh well i was at the races with my family and i like saw another female rider and she was riding so i wanted to join um or you know i was like kind of like they wanted to do something also and then there was other female riders there so then it was like inspiring for them to just you know, go ahead and do it. Um, also, I, I think it's like a lot of like girlfriends and wives and, you know, daughters of people that are kind of already in the sport. I have seen uh, female riders that are like get into the sport all on their own and like props to them because that's hard. You have to is, figure yeah. out, you know, like you have to get a truck or a van. You have to um, work on your bike you have to load it in and out not saying that women can't do that but like back to like the difference physically between a man and a woman like men are just stronger and taller and they can you know get the bike like rip it off the truck and not deal with it where you know if there's like a five foot four woman trying to like dangle her foot off the back of a tailgate like that's that's scary i I kind of see Like also, and that's, I think when there's more female riders around, it's like they can all help each other too and support each other and go on these group rides together. Like that's it's totally pretty cool. Yeah. It's like, a, I mean, you see it in, in any kind of these conversations with that re- question of like representation. And I, like my brother got me into dirt biking, you know, he started ahead of me and, you know, he learned from other people. So like even, even being a guy like, and not having any sort of access issues, if you will, it still helps to have somebody sort of show you what to do and, you know teaching yeah, the basics totally. and he took me out and taught me how to ride hills and how to you know hit the brake in the sand and all that stuff and like that was a real big help right so yeah it yeah. really does help there's like getting into motorcycles uh, there's there's definitely like a lot to know right yeah yep yeah a lot sort of a lot of best practice and things like that but. on that note is there anything you do to set up your bike specifically you get it out of the box Sherco gives you a new bike are you doing anything um, lowering it or so, whatever 
I honestly like to keep it pretty stock just because if I do go anywhere and I have to jump on a different bike that's brand new. Um, but I will say I, um, like I do, I get my suspension done. I, um, have a lowered seat. Um, I probably, because I'm still competitive, like I, I won't go into too much detail, <laughs> but, um, yeah, there are some, some adjustments and changes that I do. And then we also have a lot of sponsor products that need to be like swapped out, you know, like tires, clutches, mm-hmm. um, plastics, handlebars, all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, I, but I honestly, I don't like to really like get too deep into changing my bike because I kind of want to keep it as, um, like bike work is not my favorite. I don't hate it. I'm pretty good at working on my bike, but I would rather spend minimal time working on my bike and maximum time riding it. So (laughs) I think that's also why I avoid, um, diving into anything or making any big changes. Right. Are there any specific components that you do like changing out? Like you mentioned some sponsored stuff. Is there anything in particular like, yeah, I, I would definitely want this part if I had a choice. Um, yeah, so the recluse clutch, uh, they make mm-hmm. a man, uh, manual one for the Sherco and that's really nice. Yep. Um, that's kind of like a must have for, I w- not a must have, but they're very nice. Um, we run the FMF pipes. We, um, have the lowered seat concepts, uh, seat for me. Um, ride shop does my suspension. He's from, um, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. and right now we're, uh, I think we're, yeah, we'll have Michelin tires this year too. Um, oh, the arc levers, those are really nice. Those are okay. super handy. So you're not snapping levers left and right on like hard enduro rides. Right. Also, I use the wraparounds um, just to kind of save the handlebars and the grips a little bit. And, and like when I do go back east, then I'm not clipping trees. So <laughs> Sounds like we're doing a lot of things, um, right, John? She's, she's, she's naming off all my upgrades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I want to dive into the recluse clutch. So I, I you won't know this, but we have a long history of, of clutch problems, or I do. Um, and so I've, I've eventually switched to the recluse manual clutch, and I also really like it. Um, but I'm wondering what's your experience with it. Like, I've noticed um, it's got, like, a little bit more, like, cold drag to it and some other things. But I really like the way that it feels and the way it sort of delivers on, you know, we do a lot of hill climbing just for fun. But um, obviously, you're burning into your clutch there. But what are your thoughts on it? Like, what's been your experience? Um, so with the Sherco, um, yeah, it's really nice because it kind of keeps it from sometimes there's like a man like a squeal in in the clutch or a little bit of a drag um and so it helps keep it from from doing that and it just feels also very responsive too yeah i've noticed that um do you run any kind of like uh those levers that make like the pull easier or is it stock stock pull just a stronger lever no i do stock okay what bike are you riding i I know you're riding sherco but um Uh, it's a 250 oh okay very cool nice yeah so um i know we're kind of getting a little yeah, bit low on time i think we're pushing time are you yeah. we can uh, we can wrap if you're if you're running out i think uh it's been a ton of fun talking to you we had some questions around your your racing history specifically if you've got a couple minutes but no no pressure um no it should be fine okay i'm here well i was wondering um yeah so you you went and you did stunt acting right for right. you said f- five years Yes. And then you just went and jumped back into racing. Um, like, <laughs> how, how is that? <laughs> uh, this is, uh, that's another good question because it's kind of like a, um, 
it's a cool story because um, when I decided that I wasn't going to do the touring stunt show anymore, I got off of tour in hopes of um, getting into the stunt industry in LA and doing um, uh, film and commercials as a, like using my motorcycle um, experience to get that into the stunt industry, which the industry is very small and it's very hard to get into. So I knew it was kind of going to be a hustle, um, but that I probably, if I just pushed away at it, I, I would eventually get in there because I do have contacts and like I know people in the industry. So I was um, working away on that um, while kind of uh, uh, Shirko was giving me some opportunities to ride trials here and there. They also, um, <laughs> I kind of like asked for a dirt bike to see if I could race enduro cross again. It was like one of those things that I just made a decision on in like a weekend because I was bored and then just like, dove into it and then all of a sudden I was racing enduro cross again um but um so but it was kind of just like a side thing because I had missed riding and um I wanted to uh like it was fun for me again so I, I just was gonna be like all right I'm just gonna have fun with this and hang out with my friends and ride again um and then work on getting into the stunt industry so I actually got um I got a couple jobs I did like a music video with Alicia Keys that was a really cool opportunity Nice. Um, but then uh, COVID hit, and that like made the stunt industry so much smaller to yeah. get in and yeah. harder to get into. Well, you weren't doing as so, much filming, right? Like that, a lot of that paused or shut down entirely for a while. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. And like maybe they were, but they were probably only using like really well-known inside people for right. for all the gigs. Right. So um, when that was happening, Sherco and like Motor like you know, these races were kind of growing and I kind of just like, I was like, well, maybe I should start heading in this direction. And Sherco was giving me more opportunities to go to races and I was doing pretty good. And I was um, also during COVID, I had a lot of time to film and um, kind of grow my Instagram, which was super helpful too, just for me as a athlete or stunt performer, like the whole thing that I'm trying to go after. Yep. Um, it helped a lot to, to do that. Um, so then kind of towards the end of that year, um, Sherco offered me um, like a, a contract to be a factory rider. So all of a sudden it was going to be like, I was going to have a form of income again, mm -hmm. which I was just before only relying on stunts for that. And that was like kind of getting a little tricky. Um, so yeah, I jumped at the opportunity and um, was kind of, I didn't really see it. Well, it is. It was not what I expected to do after leaving tour. Um, but I think the other reason that it is pretty cool because when I left racing in 2013 to go on this tour, I kind of had a bitter taste in my mouth with how I ended things and how my racing career ended and being an athlete. Um, so I felt like when this opportunity came up, I, it was like a second chance, but I also was going to do it very differently. And, um, I also realized how much I missed it, how much I missed the lifestyle and how much I missed, um, the training and the, the racing and being competitive now that I had a different look at it. Um, so it's pretty cool. It's kind of, I like there was a couple of years or the, definitely that year that I was like, wow, I just got this like second opportunity at racing. Um, and it's kind of like 
again my dream job so i felt very nice. grateful for that and it, it it really changed like yeah it changed a lot for me is there anything in particular like without you know giving anything personal away that you, you see so you mentioned like a different perspective can can you talk at all about like what that new perspective is or is there any like tips or tricks to help people get to where you are now yeah uh, so when I got that opportunity, I was very excited, but then that panic kind of set in like, oh my God, am I going to ruin it? Like I did 10 years ago. <laughs> so I went to, um, uh, she's like a head coach, I guess, or a mental coach, but she's also just like a life coach. And so I worked through a lot of stuff, like a lot of fears that I had around racing and around, um, failure and just completely like started looking at it as like this doesn't identify me anymore there's a whole another world I'm just choosing to do this because I love it and it's what I want to do like I want to I love being an athlete I love training I love going to races I there's a part of me that is pretty competitive um and then and then also with the social media thing like I am able to um, be on a platform that does like um inspire others or you know show what i'm yep. doing um and encourage others and now i'm like doing training too so that helps as well um so basically yeah i just changed my thinking to um choosing to do this because i want to and um know that uh yeah i guess just kind of like it a, makes sense I, I think what you're saying is put the fun back in it, right? It sounds like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Totally hear you there. And it, it was pretty cool. Last year, I, like, shocked myself in the fact that I pretty much accomplished, like, every everything that I wanted to. Like, I, I would come away from races and be like, holy shit, I can't believe I rode that good. <laughs> or, like, damn, I'm so proud of myself for getting through that. Nice. Like. And that was stuff I never really talked to my, like, I wouldn't use, like, positive reinforcement with myself 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And this year or last year, I just, like, constantly was just talking to myself like I would talk to a best friend. That framing makes a big difference, too. I mean, if you're not sort of looking up to yourself or um, I had heard somebody say one time that, like, if you didn't look back at last year and think, like, man, what was I thinking back then? Like, you haven't come anywhere, right? And so that progression is really nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I am becoming very sensitive. I have so many yeah. questions that I just I know you we know. could talk to you for forever. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's but, cool. But we'll let you go because we would talk to you forever, and uh, yeah, that's not fair. Um, <laughs> we really appreciate you coming on, Luis. Um, I think we would definitely love to have you back. There's a ton of stuff on our list that we just didn't get to, and and uh, we we knew it was going to be an inf- interesting conversation. We appreciate you indulging us, and and um, thanks for sharing some of your time with us. Yeah, I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no problem. Sorry, I probably was talking a lot, but that's what we want you to. That, that's why we invite you. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, okay, no, no, great, we great. we want we want to um, we we set this podcast up to hear from people who are doing the kinds of things that I think everybody looks up aspirationally to, and um, to bring those perspectives and to get our viewers something different to think about. So and, yeah, and we accomplish yeah. all that. It seems so inaccessible, I think, from a professional yeah. standpoint, to be able to like have the opportunity to talk to people who have just thrown their lives into this and really delve into it and, 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 you know, make it what they do, you know, both a passion and, you know, a way of making a living. It's just like, it's the coolest thing. And I, I think that so many people want to know more about what that lifestyle looks like and, and how they can, you know, especially for the younger people, like, I mean, yeah. I don't have kids yet, so, but I can imagine, <laughs> you know, at some point I would love to see them, 
you know, take the, an opportunity like that and, yeah. and go in, and grow into that space. But, you know, enduro and trials are such small sports and um, yeah. it's just making it accessible for everybody, I think, is is just an it's just awesome to hear those stories. Plus, very selfishly, it's uh, it's super. It's such an honor, I guess, to, to yeah, talk to people absolutely. who are doing cool things like you are. So, oh, that's cool. Well, I appreciate that. That it's uh, really. Um, I forget about what I'm doing sometimes, and I forget that like I'm seen um, just because I'm like with myself all the time. So I don't know exactly, you know, like yeah. how many people are watching me or understand the lifestyle. So it's really nice when people tell me things like that, because it really does, like, it keeps me going instead of thinking, like, should I get a regular job? Like, this is... Don't do that. Don't do, it. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> Listen, we're on this podcast because we're trying to not have regular jobs. <laughs> Don't tell my boss. <laughs> but we still have the day jobs, and um, our, yeah. we're, we're pushing our little business on the side um, for the moment. So looking at somebody who's doing this for real is, is super inspiring. And, and of course, we always we like your writing, too. We, we love it, so... <laughs> wow, thank you. I appreciate that. That's super nice of you guys. You guys are yeah. super cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, and we'll we'll invite you back sometime. We loved this, um, and again, really appreciate it. And we'll we'll let you go. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. Bye. 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 Cool. So we uh, we didn't just through even half our questions. No. Uh, well, we got like half of them? maybe half. That like, was a, that was a fun conversation. Yeah, I was. She had so much to say and so, so much, much just wisdom. Wisdom, yeah, yeah, to really bring to the table and uh, just down, down, down things I never like thought very, about. Yeah, very um, approachable person. I, I love that uh, she talked about exercising her mind or training her mind. Like, hadn't even thought mm-hmm. about that. I think, you know, that stuck out to me because for me, like dirt bike riding is not my day job and as a result like it's the thing I do instead of go to therapy um, and so I've always thought about it as like that's my therapy right you get out yeah. on the trail and you get that zen going on and um, it was interesting to, to hear from a professional how like riding can be that like when you're doing it for fun but when you're competing right it's definitely not a zen moment necessarily like it's competitive and you have to work at it and so yeah, the stuff she does to, to sort of train mentally was interesting I didn't think to ask this but it was like you know how you're like hitting an obstacle and you can't do it and you can't do it and you can't mm-hmm. do it and it's like you know it's in your head it's not like so like, I can watch you do <laughs> yeah. an obstacle and you can get up it fine you can keep going up and going up and going up and I'm like I don't know why I can't do this, and like I just keep messing up. It's like a mental yeah. thing. So I'm yeah, wondering, yeah. that is, you know, maybe that's a question for the next episode. Is like, how do you, how do you break through, like, stop tripping over well, your own brain? You know, it's interesting you should ask that because in prep for this, I was watching just some of her like her last couple of Instagram posts, and she had one up. I don't know from like a couple of days ago. I was watching it just last night, and and she shows the progression of she's doing like a splat across some rocks, and she's like hits it and drops the bike right you know it's just like a double splat or something and she drops it after the first obstacle like the first time and then she makes it to the second obstacle (laughs) but falls on it right and just like there's that progression and then she shows the last one and it's a it's such a pro move and it's you know just like right up the whole thing and it's like i think a lot of pros they post that version on instagram and you're like that's so sick but like it's so far from me and that's that's what i was trying to say in the beginning that you know we started this podcast is like you watch her showing the progression you're like okay, like, I could maybe learn to do some of that, right? But I yeah. realize, like, how far I am from it. Um, and, you know, anyway. Well, even the pros impressive. have to Everybody you know, has to practice, right? Yeah. You know that. But, like, I think she's not afraid to, to show that, and, and I, 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 that makes yeah. it feel relatable to it's, me. It's the humility, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's... You, you, it makes it more accessible. And I mean, yeah, that's, right. you know, those sorts of people. And the reason why we do this podcast is to bring yes, is. the story to you guys. So, yep. Thank you for watching. Um, 
like, subscribe. Yeah, hit check out. Down there somewhere. Um, <laughs> we're going to put links to her Instagram, our Instagram, uh, our chin mounts, which we're going to show you right now. Ouch. We have, um, we have others floating around. So we manufacture these shim mounts, um, unique to every helmet in our lineup. They are awesome. They perfectly fit the shape and style and whatever curves of your helmet. Um, do a fantastic job of putting the camera in exactly the right spot to capture the footage just as you see it. Um, I could talk about them forever, but all, all the stuff is down in the description. And we've done a ton of YouTube videos specifically around these chin mounts, their value proposition, the different helmets that we cover and answer or try to answer all the questions you might have. So um, you purchasing one of these chin mounts does you a favor because it helps you create content, but it does us a favor because it lets us keep making things like this podcast episode. We have many more coming. Um, and if you haven't looked at the history, if this is your first time with us, check out the history. We started out with Graham Jarvis. We talked to Cody Webb and Cooper Abbott. Um, Anthony Johnson, Travis, a bunch of really cool folks, and we've got more lined up. So you don't want to miss those. Um, and you do want to go ahead and check out past episodes while worth your effort time. Yeah. I couldn't say it better myself. Yeah. Check it out. Yep. Now go away. <laughs> That's my like, favorite outro. That's my exit. It's my exit. <laughs> yeah. Get out. I'm done. Shoot. Done. Can I take these headphones off yet? Yeah. These things are killing me. <laughs>